find a small room filled with golden jewels and a red dragon. He starts to breathe. Save or die! Welcome to the Save or Die podcast. A podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. Hello folks and welcome to episode number 17, The Lost Episode. This originally was number 16 before Audacity ate the show. The whole crew was involved, Mike, Liz, Glenn, and myself. Uh, we pretty much did the same things we did in episode, I mean, uh, adventure number 16. Just expand a little bit more upon it. So sit back, uh, sit back, enjoy, and listen to the unedited raw version of number 16, now entitled 17, and listen and stay tuned for more holiday episodes as Saber Die is on vacation. Happy holidays and Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. Adventure number 16, I believe, after we argued this in the beginning. <laughs> uh, DM Vince here, along with DM Mike. Yo. DM Liz. Hello. And the illustrious DM Glenn. Die. Okay. And we're back for another fun and exciting week uh, after we just had a wonderful uh, interview with Mike Carr. We all enjoyed that. Didn't yeah, you? it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and we heard a lot of good secrets from the, uh, the back and everything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. I was amazed that you know not only did he remember so much from the time, but he was willing to share all of it with us. Yeah. True, yeah. He was I, didn't know, I didn't know Brian Bloom used to wear a tutu around the office. <laughs> Shh, you're not supposed to tell anyone that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but the high heels were really oh, just... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, let's kick Glenn down the stairs, and uh, and let's do, go into the cauldron room. And uh, what have we been doing classical lately? Starting with... Uh, we'll go with me. Nothing. <laughs> Except for reading the module that was due for this adventure that we picked. I really haven't been doing anything. Actually, I've been playing an online game, so... Huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh, Glenn, what about you? Well, uh, other than reading the module for this week, um, that and negotiating with Mike and Liz for the Rule Cyclopedia, that's about it. Really? Yeah, my life is simple. You're just a simple little man, huh? Simple, yes. Little, well... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what have you been uh, up to? Uh, well, grading tests, so I really haven't had any time to do anything this week either. Again, other than reading the module. Right. Um, hopefully there'll be more time coming up in January. Yeah. Hopefully. And uh, what about you, Liz? Ah, not much either. Um, I have managed to do some flipping around through the Holmes rule book in addition to going over the module for today. Um, but most of my time has been up with getting ready to graduate, taking my finals this past week, blah, blah, blah. But that's yeah. all over and done with now. And like Mike said, after the holidays are over, theoretically, there should be way more time to do stuff. So more time to dedicate to save or die. Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> save or die will become the focus of my life in 2011. You heard I'm it, so folks. A feeling we all share. Yes, you heard <laughs> it, folks. And Her it should be the focus of all of your lives as well. Uh, were it not for reality. <laughs> Although somebody on Dragon's Foot did point out something to me when uh, in the side adventure we last did when there was the talk about Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Uh, Apparently, at least their core rules are available free as a download well, of uh -huh. their website. Yes, I have a copy. So, I don't know. Couldn't they have named it a little something a little bit better than what they named it? 
But the Vince game? The Vince game, what? (laughs) Lamentations of the Flame Princess. That sounds like a a mini-series or something. I don't know, it kind of reminds me of a Conan-ish sort of novel, which may have been the feeling they were going for. Maybe. As the sands of time turn deeply into the hourglass of our lives. Oh, that's Those are the days of our lives. Yes, wrong show. Uh, (laughs) Those are the lamentations of the Flame Princess. Bum, bum, bum. I'm McDonald Carey. Welcome to the... No. But no, I've heard it's kind of a modified mold bay. Really? So I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Um, though apparently their campaign world is... I had assumed it was a lot of weird fantasy because I had heard it basically advertised as that. And of course it was had Carcosa as part of it, or Will. But I've been told anyway that the campaign is actually fairly historical. So I kind of look forward to having the free time to look that over. I, the, the title kind of put me off because Lamentations of the Flame Princess immediately made me think of, like, Empire of the Petal Throne, <laughs> which is not exactly my favorite. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with EPT? I just don't like it. It's weird. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I got one agreement out of my good. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. Um, yeah. All right, so let's head over to uh, Game On. I think that wraps up this section, really. So, in Game On this week, we have the infamous Critical Hits and Fumbles. This is all Glenn's fault. This is all Glenn's fault? Well, yep. you know, I got to come, come up with a winner once in a while, you know. Hey, I'm just glad somebody's coming up with stuff, you know. Hey, um, I come up with stuff on a daily basis, pal. I you just never tell me about it. That's correct. <laughs> I'm gonna start naming you DM Marvin. Marvin? Yeah, Mike. Brain the size of a planet, I yeah. gotta do everything around here. Ooh. <laughs> so what can we say about critical do we use them? Uh, I know I use them. Mike, do you use them? Um, sort of. <laughs> sort of. How sort of? Well, I used to do the standard, you know, a 20 double damage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I got into a debate on Dragon's Foot with uh, one of the guys in the first edition forum named Stormcrow. Where else uh-huh. would you have a debate? Well, have a classic D&D section. No, I just meant where else would there be a debate other than Dragon's Foot? Other than Dragon's Foot. Okay, yeah, yeah. good point. <laughs> um... And anyway, he brought up some examples and pointed out that all these, you know, they tend to kind of, when you have double, triple, whatever damage, you're kind of going against the grain of the whole hit point combat system. And after thinking about it, I came to where I agreed with him. On the other hand, there always needs to be, you know, it's it's so part of the game now. You roll a twenty, that's something cool, right? Yeah. You roll a one, that's something bad. Right. So what I do is for a twenty, you just do max damage. You don't right. have to roll any damage <clears throat> dice or anything. It's just whatever your maximum damage would be. That's it. Mike, that's, right. that comes from the edition that shall not be named. Well, I didn't do that. I came up with that totally on my own years ago. So. Ha. So actually, they stole it from Mike. They stole it from me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. And I would be a millionaire ten times over if they hadn't. Right, and so that's what you do. Okay, so what do you, that's what, What was the whole debate was that it shouldn't be done is what he was saying? Well, it once you start, if you consider how hit points and hit die are set up in the game and the damage for various weapons... Right. The whole paradigm is thrown out thrown out the window if a dagger can suddenly potentially do 8 to 12 hit points of damage. Depending on whether you do double damage, triple damage, da-da-da. Bah. I don't agree. You can look up the debate if you want on Dragon's Foot, but you know, we yeah. went, went round and round for, for a while, and I thought, you know, yeah, he's got a point. I still think, you know, a, a weapon could hit a vital area and do more. That's yeah. Just like, you know, okay, I took the dagger and I. Ah, but the counter argument is that's what the range of damage is for. 
that vital area, say for a dagger, would be the four points. Well, then would you like map out the body and saying, okay, he hit him in the jugular, so he does this many points? No. No, you roll a die. (laughs) No, but then then the counter-argument becomes, if you're going to start considering potentially critical areas, what's really the points, dare I say, of excessive hit points? Are you saying if if you hit for, say, 12 points on a 12-sided die, you actually hit a vital area? Yeah. Uh, to do more damage than you would normally do. Because if you want to set it up to where literally a blow can do, can kill somebody, regardless of their hit points, then you're kind of, then what's the whole point of the hit point system? Uh, luck. And, and thinking about it, I mean, say you're playing an assassin. Well, assassins are trained to do well, the assassins, damage. Well, assassins, that's a different, that's a different system, and it's... A different game. Well, Brown Book. Basic. Okay. Brown Book has assassins. Right. I knew it was somewhere in basic. Um, but yeah, because I'm saying like they're trained to do that every time. Because they, but know they exactly don't do it every time. Hit. But they don't, they don't do it every time because they. But they ha- there's a special mechanic or for assassins close. to do an assassination. Right. It's yeah, different that- from the normal combat system. So, okay, that's another question. So if you, like, have a critical hit system like that, does that take away from the assassin's special ability? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a valid argument, because if you're going to have assassins... Because if anybody can crit, you know... Which, by the way, I prefer the brown book assassins who can be neutral rather than the first edition and second edition versions that had to be evil. Yeah. Well, okay. first editions. I don't know. I don't know about second edition. I don't think there was a session, uh, an assassin in second edition. Well, they got rid of so yeah. many other. Yeah. Well, yeah. quests. It wasn't initially, but then when they did like, yeah, when they did like complete books of naval lint and stuff. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what they, he was they, like they, or something, but he came back in third. Um, yeah, he took a little vacation in second edition. <laughs> Mainly that was just, okay, I'm a thief. I'm an assassin. Okay, fine, you're an assassin. Yeah. Hmm. Just call him an assassin. I don't know. I use, I like to use critical hits. I don't care about the argument. You know, if someone rolls a 20, it should be celebrated and then let them have double damage. And then I usually do the the, uh, method, the great Joe DM method of rolling the D20 again. And what is that? When you, I was explaining it before you rudely interrupted me, and uh, <laughs> oh, I, I will go play pay penance to Joe. Okay, okay, I'm back. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> roll a d20 and you roll it again. If you get a certain target number that I've decided, uh, which I won't reveal here, but uh, <laughs> no, it's a, anywhere between 19 and 20 again. You get triple damage, uh, 2.5 damage, and you roll again. If you get a 20 again, it becomes three times damage. Okay, that's where you and I part ways. Uh. Do the monsters get it too? Oh yeah, monsters get it too. It's only fair if both sides get it. To me, um, you know, I like crits, okay? I'll say that right up front. I like using critical hits, but to me, it only goes like one step. Hey, you rolled a 20, you do double damage, that's it. Um, you keep rolling the 20 and, you know, then it starts getting ridiculous if you keep making like a 19 or a 20. And believe me, I've seen it happen. Doesn't happen very mm-hmm. often, but I've seen it happen. Um, and you and I, you and I have been sort of debating about this. The method of backing crits just doesn't seem right. That's stupid. I hate that method. It's a yeah, third edition too. method that's stupid. It was before backing that. Crits? I mean, I've, ever, I've, I've seen DMs played in first edition. Really? Go, okay. What? You mean Backing I crits? First? Yeah. It, it confirming. You roll, say you roll confirming. a natural 20. Okay. You crit. Now back it. You got to roll like what? A 19 or a 20? No. To you, make sure you hit? You have, to, you have to roll uh, the two hit number or above again to confirm that it's a critical hit. Yeah. I mean, you got to crit. Why do you need to confirm it? Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Yeah, that's no. a... That was a dumb third edition role that I hated, and you guys said it was before then. I've never seen anyone play with it before third edition. So, Ooh, yeah, I'm, that yeah. does remind me of another part of the argument that uh, Stormcore and I were were going around about. 
What do you do if you need a 20 to hit the creature? You roll a 20. So when you hit, you also do double damage? Yeah. Even well, though that's all you needed to hit? Yeah. If that was the only thing you could possibly roll to hit, you not only hit, you do double damage as well? Yeah, according to, the, according to what the house rules are, 20 and natural 20 is a double mm. damage. Call I see, I disagree with that. Picking. But, you know, that's a, that's a house rule thing. Right, it's a it house is. rule. You, it, it it's never said that 20 is an actual critical hit. It's just an automatic hit, but... Yeah. Actually, I think it, it's only an automatic hit in 2nd uh, edition. Do no. any of the basics have that? Uh, first has that. I know that. I've, I remember reading it in there. It says for, a 20 is an automatic hit, just like a 1 is an automatic failure. Hmm. I don't recall that, but I'm rusty on my 1E. I've been doing so much basic and expert stuff. I could be wrong, though. Mm. I'm not you the buy-the-book person. It's funny we, we argue about crits, but nobody seems to have any problem about fumbles. <laughs> oh, I, I do fumbles the uh, opposite way, too, so... Oh, do you? I what, go do I back gets... fumble. Yeah, you can back fumble. <laughs> like you roll one, and then you can roll again. If you roll a very low number again, it becomes even worse. Ah, and then do that though. Uh, that was the other part of, and I'm glad Crispy isn't here because he'd crucify me after that mazes and monsters thing. But Liz and I used to do medieval reenactment. Oh, and we did life steal, or I did anyway. I was involved in the live steel combat with plate and chain armors with uh, yeah. blunted swords. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was in a lot of fights. I saw a lot of fights. You just don't drop a weapon or hit people on a 5 per- 5% of the time in combat. It just doesn't happen that often. Huh. Huh? That's why generally I, I used to do, you know, the the drop the weapon, hit a friend, da 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 da. Certainly certainly entertaining, but you know, plausibly I just you know, the the, the more I got it, the more it's like it just doesn't happen that often. See, and that's so I where I up- come from with the critical hits and misses. I'm not that concerned about the plausibility of it. I think it's very fun and entertaining in a game session. So I don't mind using them, and I certainly don't mind having things get better or worse, you know, having them explode either for the good or for the bad. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, one of, the, one of my favorite memories is still that game where we had with Robert, and he fumbled twice oh, in a row that magic sword exploded yes that was <laughs> yeah. hilarious i mean we all got hurt but you know we and were he laughing around. for the rest of the episode for the rest of the adventure i know but we were all laughing around the table and it was just the best time <laughs> you know <laughs> it was absolutely horrid but <laughs> we had a that's lot another of take on uh, tragedy bringing people together <laughs> i know Remember with Connie and Alan in the cave, the blade slinger? Oh, yeah. Like three or four of y'all all dropped your weapons in the same fight. Oh. So, see, yeah, it's maybe it's not realistic, but some of the best gaming moments happen when you either make a really, really great hit, critical hit or a truly terrifying fumble or series of fumbles. Hey, Vince? And yes? I, I think they, sh- they should stay. Hey, Vince. Yes. The sword, 25 feet up in the ceiling. Oh, boy. Have to throw a dwarf to catch it. Yeah, that was the uh, you, Use any excuse to toss a dwarf. Yeah, his axe He asked stuck. for it. <laughs> he wanted to be thrown. It was thrown. crispy, too. Yeah. That was in the actual play podcast. The dwarf got his axe stuck in the ceiling, and he wanted it back so badly. Instead of <laughs> listening to the thief when he said, why don't we take a bolt and tie a rope to it and shoot it up there and try to lasso it around it or something or a hook, uh, why don't we just take the dwarf and, tw- and toss him up there? <laughs> Since my fighter was the strongest. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Why don't we do that? <laughs> Okay, yes, I will agree from a purely entertainment value, it does have ha- have its moments, definitely. Yeah, it does. 
Well, back to crits and fumbles. That was part of crits and fumbles. What are you that talking was about? Well, I know. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We weren't focusing on this you, is, Glenn. This is what it. happens when I try to impersonate Vince. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Glenn. Let's focus on you. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> crits is good. Uh, so go we ahead. all know what we do for criticals, but what about fumbles? You heard what I did. What about you guys? You guys play with the fumbles? or We'll start with um, Liz. Liz, go first. Go, go Liz. <laughs> Um, yes, definitely the fumbles, and I don't really have a hard and fast rule of how I do them. Um, basically, if you get the one, then it's definitely a fumble, and rather than do a d20 again, um, usually I just do percentiles to see how bad the fumble is or is not, and just have kind of a range, you know, and come up with something on the fly depending on how well or how badly um, it rolled on the percentiles on, on the fumble. Hmm. Okay. Do you, like, make up outcomes as you see fit, or you just you kind of use the old broke the sword, drop the sword thing? Or... Um, a little of each, because the, the drop the weapon thing, you know, that's good across the board no matter what situation you're in, mm -hmm. but if you're in a specific situation and I can come up with something that would work in that particular moment that wouldn't necessarily otherwise, you know, I might throw that in. So you use the percentile kind of as a, a catastrophe gauge. Right. And then cool. decide from there, okay, something happens, but how bad is it? And it could be, you know, anything within that range of badness. <laughs> You drop your sword, you stub your toe, your bowstring breaks, you yeah. accidentally decapitate your party member on your left. Whoa. Well, actually, nothing that bad has ever happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's harsh. If it was Vince's game, it would. <laughs> Be quiet. Because I'm an evil DM. Wow. Yeah, everybody can be evil. Uh, Mike, what do you do? Uh, like I said, the likelihood of dropping, et cetera, et cetera, bugs me. So basically what I do. Okay, really? And that is the penalty that the character takes on their next initiative. Hmm. So that's the, so it's a penalty, but it's not catas catastrophic. Okay. Cool. Glenn? Well, uh... You uh, roll a one, I describe something colorful, usually in the form of you drop your weapon, or something like that, and that's pretty much it. Now, in the days when we used to also play World Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay... Oh, oh God. We'd yeah. grab the charts out of there, because you could do something like, well, you swing your sword and miss the guy, but it flies out of your head, and this other uh, orc over here catches it in his chest. Yikes. <laughs> oh, you're leaving out some of the lovely details. Oh, the yes, the blood comes spurting out of his chest in a Entrails pool. He goes down pouring. and pouring out. Yes, it's like <laughs> I think uh. we just played that game just for those tables. Wow, <laughs> our friend but Kevin just... imported the tables into his D and D game, and uh. yes, <laughs> yeah, that's it's some like... horrible, horrible things. Yes, uh, it was our blood and gore period. Uh... <laughs> But usually, like There's I said, friends. if I don't have the tables, it's just like, you're what? Okay, you dropped your you dropped your weapon, or you smacked this guy in the face next to you, or something like that. Okay. So kind of a Liz system, actually. Yeah, yeah. I just don't go in for how bad. And it's like, oh, you, you your flood goes flying, then I roll like an eight-sided die. It went in that direction over there. You know, that's about well, it. I figure if you're going to have the critical hits be possibly catastrophically good, then you should also have the possibility of a catastrophically bad miss. That's true. Yeah, that's epic true. fail. That's right. That epic epic fail. Yes. <laughs> epic hit, epic fail. Goes along with epic fail. <laughs> All right. How about you, Vince? Um, I uh, already said it. <laughs> Oh, did you? Yeah. The, the, the DM Joe. How about the DM Joe? Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. I do criticals the same way I do the. Uh, I do fumbles the same way I do criticals and use the one system and roll again. If he kind of, I haven't done it in my actual play podcast because I don't want to kill them that badly. But <laughs> yeah, but it's crispy. Not yet, anyway. No. Yeah, I know. You guys got beat up the last time pretty bad, though. Well, it was pumpkin men, pumpkin satyrs. Pumpkin Saterman. That's right. That explodes. The great pumpkin himself. That explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with that an hour before our show. <laughs> I was bored. Um, though, while we're on the subject, do you use critical successes and failures with other roles than combat? Yes. Ah. You mean like, and like skill things and or like... like yeah, like thief skills, damage. Yes. Oh, damage? No, I don't do damage. Like, I do damage with crossbows. Like exploding yeah. damage? Yes. So if they roll, because like, say, a four out of four, they can roll again? They roll again, yeah. If they get a four, they can roll again? No, I, basically it explodes once. Oh. But to me, it's it's something that makes the crossbow different than just an, a bow. Exploding arrows, I like that. No, no, the damage explodes. Yeah, just exploding damage is all. Oh, I thought they were evil arrows. No, they're (laughs) quasi-evil. Arrows? Quasi-evil. They're like the Diet Coke of evil. (laughs) And remember, the reverse of evil is live, and we all want to do that, don't we? (laughs) Wow. But but Uncle Mikey says that... (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Mikey! (laughs) Uncle Mikey says, be good. And if you can... Know the quote where the movie those quotes came from? You get a cookie. Rock and rule. Yep. <laughs> I used to have a VHS tape of that. Yep. Okay, so let's uh, head out of game on. <laughs> and head into random encounters for the night. So random encounters. Yeah, Something so we start talking about animated movies, it's time to move on. Yeah. Yes. Kind of following up kind of on the monster we had last week of a bugbear that was sort of like a goblin Bigfoot type thingy. We have goblin hordes this week. Oh, I thought it was whore days. Uh, yeah, they're Hispanic. That's why. <laughs> Glenn. Wait a minute. I think uh, I, remember seeing the, <laughs> I, I remember seeing the whore days. They were on a Doctor Who episode. Uh, I was oh. going to try to get through one episode without a Doctor Who reference. Mike? Nope, you can't. Even torture me on RFI with that, too. Ooh, ha, Doctor Who. Shut up. No, no, no. Nick started it on RFI. I yeah. just agreed. True. Uh, true, so. true, 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 <laughs> true. Like, so we got, like, goblins with sombreros and stuff? Or? No, it's hordes, Glenn. Hordes. Not God. whores. Hordes. You don't need those stinking badges. Okay. So, Mike, you picked goblin hordes. Why did you pick goblin hordes as opposed to just goblins? Well, part of the reason was because of the module we're going to be reviewing. Okay. Uh, and generally, goblins are one of those monsters, at least in published adventures and stuff, that usually are, unless it's just a first-level-only adventure, you, do, you rarely run into one or two goblins. It's usually four or five or a dozen or 30. whatnot. They, how, huh? How about 30? Or 30, yeah. 30, 50. I mean, you look in the in the rules under the monster sections for number encountered, you can run into quite a pile of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen DMs run them where, you know, that's oh, a horde of goblins. They all charge you in a line <laughs> <laughs> with their swords. A conga line of goblins. <laughs> the next one. Okay, you kill it. The next one, it's a conga line of death, and... (laughs) Splat! Kind of like those old 70s martial arts uh, films. Yeah, where they all just kind of rotate around, hopping, yeah. Yeah. And attack the the hero one one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice of them, isn't it? I like doing Goblin goblin tactics. I like taking those monsters everybody thinks are just cookie-cutter monsters and making them do like really cool clever things well like, yeah what? especially in what's supposed to be their lair yeah or the dungeon or whatnot i mean that's where they live you know they would have set up something yeah yeah 
Yeah, why can't the little gobbies, like, a couple of them go up and attack, like, the cookie cutters, and the rest of them, like, try to sneak around and backstab you? Or maybe they, like, have, like, a, a trap, like Mike said, of, like, a rock or on a rope and or a stick on a rope, and they push it down to try to hit the players or something, you know? Push yeah. them near a covered pit and push them in, yeah. Or get under the or knees. A, pit. And... a pit that's covered just enough to where a small creature like a goblin can run across, but a yeah. human in plate, for example... <laughs> Squish goes right through. That's right. Yeah, or you can have one goblin lead lead the whole group back to a whole ambush of a bunch of goblins that are mm-hmm. hiding in the trees, throwing things at you. Mm-hmm. Or even just creating, you know, especially in dungeons because you got so many narrow passages, you can set up a small shield wall with spears, and <clears throat> it's difficult to get past. Wow. They're using kobold tactics. Oh, my God. Yeah, kobolds. <laughs> oh, you got a kobold reference, too. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, right. at least They're cute. Yeah, well, they, they keep, that keep within the D&D framework there. Yeah. 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 But, oh, oh, oh I'll keep this one for later. Uh, yeah, goblins can be pretty, uh, pretty nasty in numbers like that. But all too often, it's just, you open a door, there's 20 goblins. They all leap up and run at you at once, and it just seems like that. As the not back half back push the first, push the first half in front, and the, they run. Well, yeah, it's like well, there's twenty goblins in the room. You open the door, you see twenty goblins. Well, how do you know exactly it's twenty goblins? First of all, you sit there going one, two. You don't have enough time to do that. You see well, they're all standing in a line waiting to get hit. I might as well. Yeah. well they all, they have, all took a number, you see. And they've I was going to say, they have numbered tabards on. That's right. You open, you open the door and go, sound up! <laughs> yeah, so you open the door, there's 20 goblins in the room. You'd say the first five jump up that are in front of you to attack. You see one running over to the alarm bell, one running out the back door, one doing this. You know, there's so many things they could do, except all just line up, like Mike said, going, dun-dun-dun-dun, kill me. <laughs> exactly, and so, and, yeah. and just who are you seems stop? like who are you that's not stop? often used. Yeah, especially the you know twenty twenty goblins, ten maybe fight just to hold the party at bay, while the other ten go to either set up an a- maybe five to set up an ambush, the other five to go inform the rest of the plays. And a couple of them to throw uh, like rocks and stuff at the mage in the back who's casting. Yeah, spears. Yeah. I think it all has to do with um, a DM just not having enough time sometimes to do things. Yeah, that can be a problem, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, some of these tactics can just be done on the fly. Well, yeah, like, well, like when you guys are fighting the pumpkin-headed satyrs, for example, in my campaign, and they were you guys were in a narrow area, so not all eight of them were able to get in there, so that's why they were in the sort of the conga line thing you were talking about. Because mm-hmm. only four at a time can get up to you guys. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, there I told you. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the back, boy, when I get up there, I'm gonna give him such a. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take him out, man. <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. When we there. get to random or to products of your imagination, we can talk about this again as to how the goblins are used in that module. Yeah. Hmm. Without and giving them- any spoilers. Yep. Well, we could head in there now if you unless you have anything else to say. No, no I, I think we're cool. I think, I think we're no? all right. Yeah. All right, we'll head into products of your imagination. So, products of your imagination this week is going to be a B five horror on the hill by Douglas Niles, which we have an interview scheduled with him for next episode. Well, it wouldn't be next episode; it would be next release. So, we do have a question and answer forum up so you can put some questions up because I know you people want to know lots of information from Mr. Doug Niles. Yeah, come on people, put some questions up there. Yeah, exactly. Crack the whip. So, let's do first impressions. Uh, My first impression on this module was I liked it. It was cool. It it was kind of... It flowed really well and I only had one problem with it and I talked about it with Glenn. But uh, we'll talk about when we get more into the module. I actually like the adventure in overall. Mike? Mike? I'm torn. Oh. Um, torn. 
I've heard it referred to once as B2 on steroids. <laughs> yeah, true. And I can see where that would would come about. It's a big place. I mean, it's what, 100 encounter locations? Yeah, something like that. That's a big yeah. hill. Um, Goes on and on and on. Yeah, but they, in a way, they... go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was no you go say, ahead. Yeah, but they don't fill all hundred rooms. Well, yeah, let Mike close. Yeah, Mike, continue with your go impression. Ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's I, I don't know. I, I, it feels kind of like a mega dungeon in a way. Yeah, because there's an awful lot here, and I find it. it this is not an adventure that a party is going to clear in. In, in one expedition. I find it very hard to believe. They're going to have to make this several expeditions if they're truly going to clear the whole place out. And part of it, you may not even find. True. Okay. Unless you're really, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so, that, that's my... You're torn. I, I'm half and half on it. You're torn. Okay. Yeah. Liz... Liz. She's torn too. I guess she is torn. I, I hear her talking, but Liz must be on muted mic. From her from her room. Yes, but... sorry. There we sorry, go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um I really do like this module. It's got a lot of things in it that I enjoy seeing in modules, like the rumor table and other stuff like that. I, like Mike said, I can certainly see where people would make comparisons with B2 um, if for no other reason than you have the place where you're starting out from with the inn, with the general store, with the stuff that you can use to, you know, it's arm yourselves Guido's, up. Yeah, Guido's Fort instead of just the key. Yeah. Um but I think it's different enough that I would not necessarily call it a cookie cutter of B2. And I also like that there. this is an adventure for first through third level, but there are things that you can run into that are way too powerful for you to try to go head-to-head -head with. There are, you should be running in some of these encounters rather than trying to stay and fight. And I think that's very mm -hmm. true to the spirit of basic D&D &D and, you know, a lot of the early stuff. Okay. And uh, Glenn? Well, it's a romp. I like it. It's a lot of fun. There's a couple things that I go, why did they do it that way? Mm. But... Other than that, on the whole, I'd have a I'd have a good time in this dungeon. I've heard it also being called a meat grinder, but yeah, it's going to be a meat grinder if you're stupid, if your character's stupid. Um, but I don't see anything that like reasonable precautions wouldn't take care of. Um, one thing that kind of bugs me is to get down to the second level, you have to do something that is like. All right, you got to fall in a pit. <laughs> you got to fall in a chute, basically, because it says nothing about any stairs or any place down to this second level. You fall in a pit. That's it. It's like, and if you don't go down to that second level, I don't think you can find the third level. No. I don't think. So it's like, okay, I guess they're going to just go around the first level and come back up. Okay, fine. Um, I would put, you know, some kind of passage or stairs or something in there, but that that's a minor quibble. Um, I also got kind of a problem with the ending, which Vince yeah. alluded to, which we will get to later. But all in all, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was a good read. It's going to be a good play. Yeah, it's definitely a good module to play out. I I, I liked it a lot because um, some of the twists and turns, and I especially like the whole sisters thing in the middle of the forest. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. When they meet up with them, and they're like, oh, we can give you this, but... Kind of like... type deal thing. And it's like, we're mercenary. We're, we're not afraid to admit it. No, 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 no. And it's like a whole... No, it's, a couple, 
It's a couple of little old ladies. Let's just take their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's an illusion the whole time, so. Yeah. Well, their house is, so. Yeah. The only problem I had about this module was uh, the ending. Yes. With the dragon. The whole dragon at the end on the horde, and he keeps them there because he wants to chat. And then in, like, a... wait, and then in two... And he gets bored. Yeah, and then two to, what, 2D12 rounds? He just says, I get bored. It says the dragon gets bored and tells them indirectly to get out. <laughs> and if the players don't get out, he starts getting more direct until, and start, until he starts attacking. But uh, after that whole scenario is out, this is where the problem I have is after that's all done, it says, on the way back, if when the party subdued the dragon, wait, what, huh? Well, did you notice how many hit points that dragon had? Uh, no, I didn't really look exactly at the hit points. It's low. I mean, I saw that. I mean, yeah, he's got his, his breath weapon, he's got, you know, some spells and stuff, but it's like, that's all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know what party is going to think about subduing a dragon and having it follow back. Yeah, they're, and then they're talking about, well, how do you get him across the lake and do this and doing that? It is like, well, what I thought was like, uh, first of all, I like the role playing aspect of it. You know, talking to a dragon, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah it does. It doesn't come out and say you should subdue the dragon. It just says if you can subdue. They give you like broad hints, and, and that's it's like DM knowledge. Yeah. yeah, and, uh, you know, how would you convey that to the players unless they were like, you know, they, they looked at the stats and go, oh, he's only got 30 hit points. All right, well, fine, we'll, we'll wrestle him to the ground or something. I mean, yeah, cor correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, back in the day when I had a first, second, or third level character and I run into a dragon, my first thought wasn't, let's subdue him! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> let's run like little girls. <laughs> That's yeah. more like it. Well, yeah. I, I think I think the only thing what you could do, and I was thinking about this after talking with Glenn, was maybe the dragon, as you, the players are attacking it, and it gets down low enough, the dragon submits and bows down to the players. Yeah. I give! I give! Yeah, that, that like... was kind of the rules in, in basic. Yeah. Or... But... Yeah. Well, they do have like a lot of morale morale checks in this module for like the goblins and hogs. I can't see why he wouldn't have a morale check if that happened. Well, yeah, that's part of the subdual rules from Moldvay. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. What cracked me up is assuming you subdued it, how do you get him across like it shows a picture of the dragon swimming behind the boat? <laughs> how do you get him across like, oh, I don't know, maybe have him fly across? <laughs> I don't know. Well, those wings Theoretically, if you, if you let him fly across, there's nothing to keep him from flying on well, to the wild beyond. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know. But oh, no, I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> and then well, you, know. you have the DM, and then at the very, very end, you have that whole DM. If I don't want the players to have something, I have this whole hidden secret of those th the sisters that show back up and take yeah. whatever the DM pleases, pretty much, including, including the dragon. The dragon. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, then why give it to him in the first place? I mean, don't just just have him kill the dragon or or run away. We, you know, I yes, hate doing him. that as a DM. Uh, okay, yeah. you've got it. Well, now I'm taking it from you. Exactly. Nope. The module says that. <laughs> I know, but um, it's kind of creepy in my opinion. Getting him across the lake to me, it's like have the dwarf hop on his back, have him fly across. He tries to fly anywhere else. The dwarf bangs him with his war hammer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wow, bad boy! No. So, what do you guys think about what do you guys think about the hook for this adventure? Mm. Of how there's a big, there's a hill. Yeah, there's a hill. Yeah, goes, there's a big, ahead. scary hill. Yeah, that, that's the other part of it that you know, compared to B two, you know, B two granted the caves of chaos, but they were plural. Yeah, everything's on this hill. Just there's the hill up there, and you'll find what you need. <laughs> There's tons of stuff in the hill. That was kind of like, and it has a rumors table, like Liz said, and that was everything is true except for like one thing or two things. Yeah, there's a couple of false ones, but yeah, most of the rumors are actually true. I think there should have been more. And you know, if I was going to run it, I'd have added, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, of course, two or four more false ones to throw in there. Of course, since this is B5, if you've played B1 through B4, 
you might be as a player going, okay, half of these have got to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, right. Well, no. <laughs> no, sir, you are I incorrect. Guess. Yeah. On the other hand, yeah, I suppose it could be a big fake out if you're thinking that your players are expecting them all to be false and you're actually giving them good information, but they're not going to follow through on it because they think that you're trying to trick them. Exactly. Because <laughs> they come from a guy named Guido. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, this, this whole adventure relies on the fact that we have very good players that want to help the fort, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if you got... What if you got those bastard players in your group that could care less? Then you yeah. play something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd have to figure out a way to have that little town offer a gold reward of some kind in order to check out the place. Yeah. Or just to get rid of the dragon. Yeah. If anything, dragon armor. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Even a shield. Just a shield with dragon scales on it. Yeah. Ooh. Of course, again, that gets back to, you know, are your first to third level characters really going to want to go, hey, let's go save them from this dragon? Well, that's not. Well, then again, they don't, I don't think they, I don't, is it one of the rumors? Of, yeah, one of the rumors is about the dragon. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, do they even know about the dragon? They know about the goblin. Yeah, there's rumors, and I can't but think that if a dragon is flying back and forth in the area, it's going to be noticed by somebody. Okay. okay. Nope, that's not a dragon in the sky. It's a clouds. Yeah. It just looks like a dragon. It's a what? Are the, it's a hot. <laughs> it's a it's a sturge. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Nobody saw the dragon. <laughs> what did they say? What did you say at Roswell? It was a hot water balloon or a hot weather balloon or something weather like balloon. that. Yeah, weather yeah. balloon. Yeah, weather balloon. Yeah, it was just. Well, a I saw balloon. the dragon. He backstabs him. Anybody else see the dragon? Nope. <laughs> no dragon. No dragon to be seen here. In D and D, the men in black are assassins. <laughs> that's right. Men in black. Yeah. <laughs> Use the zappy thing on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Uh, the graveyard was kind of interesting. That's another yeah. graveyard on the hill, you know? Yeah, that's a nice little diversion. I like that it, it, it. this whole thing has to be done over a set period of time. I mean, it's not like you could sit down one night and do this whole module. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them you can Actually, do. Actually, like what I would probably do with this module is I would break it up. And use various sections for smaller adventures. Really? Yeah, I think I would. Rather than having it all one huge cram together. Yeah, kind of like what I told you about like the Mega Dungeons we were talking about. Just kind of break them up and yeah. use pieces. Yeah. <laughs> mega Dungeons, wow. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, some people like them. Yeah. And no, that's I, great. I, I do. I was just saying wow because I saw... Um, uh, book on ebay not ebay it was on amazon that said mega dungeon pack number three and it was like a thousand pages worth of mega dungeons i was like why would anyone want to play that <laughs> thousand yeah. pages worth of dungeons that you can just remember, keep going remember that uh, what was it during during third edition they came out with the world's largest dungeon it was like a hundred bucks in this yeah like, telephone book sized book yeah yeah, yeah. it's or, like Necromancer Games' Rappanathuk, it had like 12, 14 levels. Oh, yeah. Something like. Some people like them, and they're yeah. certainly old school. I mean, Undermountain was a big seller. Mm -hmm. It's like playing Gauntlet, the video game. Remember that game? Oh, I remember yeah. that. Just dungeon level after dungeon level after dungeon level. Yeah. Build the monster and machine, yeah. It, it gets... It, unless you've got like a backstory, like, dare I say it, before, <gasps> which, by the way, I liked. Some people seem to have gotten the impression that I didn't like it. I just found the shenanigans about Robert E. Howard a bit of a gotcha. But anyway, you know, well, you've got the got background you. to that potential mega dungeon. You know, you've got the Lost City, you've got the various factions, you've got a point to it all. Well, that's a good question. We'll ask when when he, when Doug comes on the show. We'll ask him. His whole thought process behind this module. Speaking yeah. of tributes, um, well, I don't think tributes. you. Can, I don't think anybody could ignore the fact that they're heavily tributing the uh, cover of the player's handbook in first edition on there. Mm. Thank you. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, the various discussions of the horned idol 
Yeah, <laughs> and it shows, and various versions show up in different parts of the dungeon, with or without the jeweled eyes. Yeah. Looks like someone has taken the eyes. Like, hmm. <laughs> all, all they did was leave out the lizard men. That was yeah, it. yeah. There's no lizard men corpses laying around. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah, and That's there's like one. at least two of them that still had the eyes in them. Mm-hmm. One and one had a real nasty trap. <laughs> take the <laughs> eyes out. So yeah, that was a nice little homage. Yeah. So it's got some little Easter eggs in there for you. Yeah, well, if you're smart enough to catch them, and I am. <laughs> and I liked how the goblins were running there. Yeah, they were kind of cool. Really? Though no, I I was a little disappointed about how the hobgoblins interacted with the goblins. It seemed more. Well, this isn't tough enough. Let's just stick a few hobgoblins in there with the goblins to make it tougher. And it's like, well, I thought hobgoblins love to bully goblins and make them do the skunk work. That's what I always was... was so, yeah, why things. would the hobgoblins be here? Maybe one, just to make sure the goblins are doing what they're told, but... Right. Mm. Well, what what I'm, I'm wondering is, do you think that the, like, they had the, the, the captured thief in there and the indentured uh, dwarven smith, do you think those were just put in there in case, like, the party loses somebody? Yes. Okay, like the, and the war dogs... Which, the war dogs. which were really a stretch to me, but you know, yeah, I think it was there specifically to give players yeah. some bennies. If you if you lose a, a fighter or a dwarf here, take this guy. You know, a thief. Free. Quite yeah, a lot of loot in there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. some good stuff in there. Well, they did they did give it a good ex, a good justification of the fact that they were you know ramping up to attack the fort. Right. Uh, and the way the goblins are, it's no wonder the Goblin King can't get it organized enough to attack the fort. <laughs> True. He's, he's surrounded by idiots. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's... Play him, uh... do- play him as a do- goblin Dr. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do our, our, our dragons now. It's usually we start with uh, Liz. Well, I'm going to be... I'm going to be pretty kind to this one. I'm going to give it four dragons... Um, like I said, I enjoyed the different levels of monsters that were available. Though I do agree the dragon should have had more hit points, and I probably would give it more. Um, but you've got the rumor table. There's new monsters in the back, some of which I think are pretty keen, like the piranha bird. <laughs> yeah. Steam weevils. Oh, God. Yeah. I just love saying that. Steam weevils. <laughs> Steam weevils are a definite Benny. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I, I especially like those piranha birds. Those just seem like they would be absolutely horrid to have dive bomb you. Um, and they also have a fool in the adventure as well. And giant is, centipedes. And giant centipedes, my personal favorite. Um, and kobolds. Yes. So Ooh. this it's module has everything. Yes. Um, but, um, except Doctor Who. Except ah, Doctor Mike. Who. But we could put that in. <laughs> what, have the doctor just show up and say hi? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? All right. Um, and the party would kill him and check his spleen for emeralds. <laughs> He might actually have some. <laughs> I'd like to see. I'd like to see the next episode where he finds a couple of kobolds actually stowed away on the TARDIS. Uh, so Liz is rating it a four. Over to yes. Mike. Who's torn? Um, who's very torn? I can hear Beto screaming even now. Ah, yes. But, He's already. But I'm going to give it a three, <gasps> even though I gave two point five to B four. I'm going to give it a three. Really? And yeah. Yeah. All right. Simply because, not in totally in and of itself, but because I see it as a great resource to basically break up and use here and there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sounds fair enough. And uh, the G-Man. <laughs> you want to hear Beto Howl? <laughs> Five. Ooh. Wow. Glenn giving us the highest rating ever on the It's a rock, man. I don't care about all this 
there is nothing in here that any DM can't go, okay, he gets more hit points, so change this, boom, let's go have fun. <laughs> I could justify going down the damn mountain. All right, so Glenn, up on his He's podium. He's trying to goad Beto, I think. Yeah, Beto, probably. we love you. Uh, <laughs> well, well, he's still mad because we were Rainbow Lodge higher than Lost City. Right. Hey, I was not part of that Lodge rating, <laughs> yeah. so I do not want to be lumped in with any of that. I'm sorry, that, that was just bad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Well, we can, we can hold you as the swing boat, so... <laughs> Um, so I'm going to rate this one 4.5 out of 5. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, the only problem I had was that dragon part at the end. I mean, subduing the dragon and having it fall. Uh, easily you know. fixable. Besides, most, most players aren't even going to even think about subduing something like that. I, I know, but just the thought that it brought it up, I'm just going to go, what, well, huh? Flipping the page, subduing? What? I never even thought about that. But it is very typical of old school modules. You know, the dragon at the bottom... Why don't we take the dragon and put him in the Rainbow Lodge? <laughs> and he eats everyone? Yes! No. <laughs> he eats the horses they were supposed to find. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say anything. I haven't read it, so I don't know. What, the Rainbow Lodge? Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, so, Glenn gives it a 5. I give it a 4.5. Liz giving it 4. And Mike throwing a big 3 curveball at it. Boy, I'm the grump. So that gives us a what? Uh, four point something. I don't know. Glenn, usually you do the ratings in the forum, so. 13, yeah, but I'll do the math. 16.5 divided by 4.1 4. 4. something. I'll call it 4.25. Yeah, that works. Alright, so uh, check it out. Pick up on uh, B5 Horror on the Hill by Doug Niles. Good module. Uh, I'm sure you can get it pretty cheap on Amazon or. Yeah. Drive through RPG. No, they don't have it on drive through anymore. That's right. Didn't Wizard pull all the stuff out? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah all all old TSR stuff. If you need it, contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought a copy of B five from Noble Knight Games, and somehow yeah, yeah. I ended up with two covers, hmm? but only one oh. book. Yeah, oh. it's weird. Extra oh. map. Yeah. So anybody needs an extra cover? <laughs> There you go. Or Noble Night Games, or um, does Troll Lord still... No, Troll... What was the other one? What was the one? Toad and Troll? Troll and Toad. Toad. That's it. Yeah, don't they still sell it? I have no idea. I've never ordered from them. Okay. Normally, when I've I've looked at their stuff, I go over to Noble Night, and I find it cheaper, so... Really? Yeah. At least the stuff I've been interested in, yeah. I thought they were the high price spread, so... It depends on the product you're looking at. One could be cheaper than the other, so. And to be fair, Noble Knight sometimes gets really weird on its pricing. Some things are really cheap, and others you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather just go I got two of those at a garage sale. What are you asking that for? It. I go to Amazon mostly for my stuff. Oh yeah. And if I really want, really want it, I go on eBay, which Glenn and I was spending a lot of time the other day. We spent like an hour on it. I just, just say a, no to eBay. You just got a new copy of Cook, didn't you? Yeah, I got the entire Expert Cook Amar set in box still with uh, everything, including the original dice, too, for like 19 bucks. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I got no. the mini Expert set. 17 bucks. Remember, Glenn, I made him an yeah, offer? That's, that's right. You made an offer. Yeah, and the guy took the 17 buck offer. That's right. I mean, like within 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Said, yeah, okay, fine. We'll I want. I needed another copy of it because my cook was just like, it's so destroyed that it's so sad. So yeah. sad. That's how much I used it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to wrap things up this week. So we're going to leave by. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to head down the lonely highway with our backpacks and sad music. And, the trucker uh, going by. Woo! Glenn is Old in the sad. truck again. And Glenn has no brakes on his truck and goes off the cliff and dies. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And hit hit that, that hit those kobolds on the bottom. There you go. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, next week on the Save or Die podcast, we'll be doing the B Solo module. So stay tuned for that because we be tortured through that one because I just started reading that one again and I went, oh. 
Is that Ghost of Lion Castle? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably going to go, whatever you guys say, I hate solo modules. <laughs> we can automatically see Glenn's rating this one, or probably a one. Yeah, well, you won't let me go any lower, that's why. <laughs> well, you can go down to point two five. all right? Oh, yeah, okay. A, a dragon nostril. Yeah. <laughs> a dragon claw. One a pseudo-dragon. Oh. A but dragon dropping. Ooh, that was a little uncalled for, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the PG version, all right? <laughs> Just when I think I've hit the lowest, Glenn always shows me up. Yeah, he he's there to show you up. Hey, yep. I'm, the butt, I'm the butt monkey of the show. What do you want? <laughs> On that note, butt monkeys Tragic, and all. Tragic, awkward note. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye, folks, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Save or Die podcast. Oh, yeah. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Free arc. If you have any comments, please email SaveOrDiePodcast at gmail.com or visit SaveOrDie at SaveOrDie.info. Follow the cast on Facebook slash SaveOrDiePodcast or follow them on Twitter at TheEvilDM.